You're on the air. Domino's Pizza, where our specials tonight are two large, two topping pizzas with a side of cheesy uh, wings just a second. and stuffed breadsticks. Hey, wait a second. You called me. Oh, I'd like a small, thin crust <laughs> with... Uh, this big is, chunks of salami. This is, not, <laughs> this is not Domino's Pizza. Oh, my bad. From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Welcome to the premiere episode of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is October 27, 2016. It is now 8.17 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Dr. K. I'm joined by the legendary Dan Reed and our first guest, Mr. Tim Wilsey. Hey, guys. How's it going? What going, going well. On? How are you? I'm doing great. This is this is like awesome. It was the first episode, Arcade Radio Podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Tim. Dan, we made it. Mm-hmm. We're Here streaming we it. Oh, oh, beep, beep, beep. I already blew it. Sorry, guys. You just wow. got done telling us. I know. Let me check. Let me check my notes about what not to say. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> iTunes will never let me on, will they? No, nope. it's over. Your 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 career is over with before it started. I think what I'll do is beep that, and maybe we can move on. So, uh, anyway. Good to good to hear you guys. Uh, what's new with you guys, Dan? Tell me what's going on. Uh, Don't well, give me the news yet, but tell me what's going on with you. With me? Yeah, and your arcade am, collecting and whatever else. I am currently trying to assemble a journey. As a matter of fact, journey. I, uh, have been yes. You mean like the band? What? Journey. Journey had an arcade game. <laughs> you can call it that I'm, I'm not necessarily sure it's probably one of the worst games ever as a matter of fact but uh, it no, sure I, does look I, nice in the arcade i know all about that so you actually tell us a little bit about your project to get the um there's a tape drive conversion unit right oh yeah my board yeah oh yeah yeah that's totally a separate beast but yeah so you want to hear about that or do you want to hear about the journey game no, well tell us about the game well, that's been a work in progress. This is probably one of the more complicated builds I've ever done just because of the scarcity of the parts, as you know. Yeah. So I ended up trading 
fetish boy for a journey cabinet about two years ago, maybe three years ago. And since then I've sort of slowly been on the hunt for, you know, every part original part for this thing. And I think I got my last piece of it like a month ago. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a work in progress. So now the time is to assemble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I this is start, start putting it together. <laughs> I tested the board. Everything works. So I just have to, uh, you know, find the time to start actually assembling this thing and excellent art on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Tim. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. You have the esteemed privilege of being the first guest on the show. Huh? I know. I know. I know. I'm very really happy about it <laughs> it's really great so um before we get into interviewing you are tell us a little are you doing anything cool like video games or have you been like modding I, anything what do you say i'm always doing cool stuff okay. i uh I, I i don't i don't collect arcade machines i think yeah I, no I that's okay um but yeah what have i been doing i don't know we don't uh, discriminate I'm always, what's that we don't discriminate i, mm. I know i appreciate that I don't know. I, I always have something going on. Good, um, good. I, geez, I don't do what you want me to talk about, like uh, electronic stuff or something. Yeah, no, like Neo Geo, whatever. What, what do we got going? Um, well, I think right now I have a new um, sound amplifier to actually install in my Sega Genesis called the Mega Amp. Um, so that's wait a minute. That's like a real sen- like a Sega Genesis uh, console. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's it's been well documented that the original, um, the very first Sega Genesis that has the HD graphics uh, text written on top of it, has the best sounding Yamaha FM synthesis chip in it, hmm. right? And since so, that system came out, uh, okay. Sega pretty much they just they kept doing cost reduction. Yeah, on every console that came out. And the audio circuitry in it kept getting simpler and simpler and simpler. And then by the time you got to like the last model of Sega Genesis units, uh, the sound quality was kind of atrocious. So the model the one, one, yeah, with the 16-bit logo on the front, that specifically says high definition graphics because there okay, was a okay. second version that didn't have that. Okay, cool. I don't know yeah. if I have that one. I I actually have a first gen in a box somewhere. So, but it, but the funny thing is, the system that has the best audio output actually yeah. is known for having the worst video output. Interesting. Yeah. So the 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 later versions of the what's known as the Model Two Sega Genesis units uh, are known for having the absolute best video output, hmm. uh, especially like especially in com- if you use composite video. If you're a peasant and you use composite <laughs> video, but if you're using RGB. Uh, it, it's even then it's, it's fantastic. Um, so what this, this mega amp does is that it, it acts as an equalizer. It makes all the systems sound as good as that first original Sega Genesis. Interesting. So you're applying that to one of your Genesis consoles? Yeah, I have it. I have it sitting here. I haven't really done anything with it yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. But my, my Neo Geo. Yeah. That, so I, so I, I built my own consoleized Neo Geo system. I mean, that's basically an arcade system in your house. It is. It's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a jammer board and it's, it is one of those systems that, um, I've just lost it after my entire life. The big red cabinets, you'd see them everywhere. <laughs> I loved them. Um, yeah, so I bought the, it's called the, it's the MV1C. It was the last revision of the Neo Geo that came out okay. uh, in 1998, the board. Um, it's a single slot and it's a, it's a, it's a top loading slot. So when you have the board uh, mounted in a cabinet, 
Uh, it sits, you know, usually on the side, or if you put it in the bottom, the cartridge slides straight down into it, like a typical kind of game console. Uh, so that being said, it's become very popular for people to take this particular model of board and and turn it into a game console. And I took an old project box and cut a hole in the top for the cartridges because the cartridges for a Neo Geo game are huge. Um, are huge. They're bigger than a VHS tape. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you cut that out, you wire up everything for the video output. Um, I do I do all of my stuff straight RGB out to a SCART plug. And then that goes into um, either my CRT television set or one of my video upscalers. Um, anyway, so I have that. That's like my, that's my baby, right? That's awesome. Um, yeah, you, you like it a lot. You like that case. But yeah, that case no, that, I mean, there's, it's really cool. I like, I mean, like if I was going to build my old con, my own console, I'd be like, that's what I want to do. You know? And I actually I remember, uh, go ahead, oh, go Dan, ahead. go ahead, Dan. No, no I was just going to say, I remember, uh, after we're talking about this, I remember seeing maybe a year or two ago, there was someone selling like a $700 Oak box neo geo and i <laughs> yeah. wanted it yeah. really An bad. analog interactive I, used to do those interlog what who, who would i what now analog interactive they're the guys analog. who do uh okay. their their thing is now they, they do the um uh famicom systems nes systems made out of uh, aluminum they oh, cost yeah. like 600 dollars. they're awesome oh, though yeah i remember those super sexy want one yeah but i still have my top you know top loader nes and i bought a one of those cartridges that let you play all the games so you know well yeah uh, well some reason i mentioned the neo geo on that note of the car shoot plays for game uh this week out of the out of nowhere out of nowhere mm -hmm. it was announced that there is now a flash cartridge for <laughs> the neo geo that is awesome this oh, was the weird. system that people were like you're never going to be able to build a flash cartridge for this system because uh there was actually two uh every cartridge was actually two boards oh. sandwiched together and it had two actual PCB like fingerboards that went into the slot. For the Did game. they connect to each other inside, and then you had a single slot on the bottom, or was it two slots? Or no, two, 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 two slots, boards. and there was a ribbon cable that connected. Okay, okay. And and every game was different because they they used all like excessive amounts of bank switching to actually because the games are huge. Yeah, the games were like you know back when games were like maybe half a meg. They were they were pumping out games that were 14, 15, 16 megs. Um, so the cartridges were giant and they had all this bank switching memory. And that's why doing a flash card forever was like considered impossible. Well, this, this random company uh, made a thing called a Neo SD uh, and it's a hundred percent compatibility guaranteed. Uh, and it's kind of got me revisiting my Neo Geo. And then I found another kid who designed a video board uh, encoder board. And what it does is that um, it hooks directly into the CPU of the Neo Geo and it's a lot of soldering, but it's worth it. And what okay. it allows you to do is you can get uh, a proper 240p video signal out of it. So you can go and, you know, keep the standard resolution, but it will also do 480p output by a component video or VGA. So if you want to go into an HGTV, <laughs> that's um, awesome. So yeah, anyway, so I, I, because of the, between those two things, I've been revisiting my Neo Geo. The flash cart, however, has got me taking a moment of pause only because it's $500. Ouch. Yeah. But, that's a lot of money. You know, that's, it's, you know, that, but, but, but that being said, I, as far as cartridge collecting from NDO Geo, because I'm collecting the MVS carts, the arcade cartridges, right? Yeah. It's the same, same exact game code as the home cartridge, except the home cartridge has a different pinout and only works in the home cart. And those are super rare. Uh, the, the, the arcade cartridges over the years have become the cheaper option. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I've kind of reached the upper limit of what I can actually afford. Uh, because okay. from here on out, I'm I'm into the like $150 a pop for a game. That's a lot of uh, money. Cartridge. It, it is. It adds up. And there's some game cartridges that cost upwards of $1,200. And I'm just 
I'm not going to go there. That's a lot of money. So when when you do the math that way, it's like, yeah, 400 is not bad. (laughs) My my Neo Geo, I think my favorite one right now is um, Nightmare in the Dark. Do you have that one? Uh, I don't have the original. That is one of those very expensive cartridges. If you have that, yeah, and I do. Wait a minute. So Dan, you you have a Neo Geo, right? The, yeah, the, I do. You have the upright. Yeah, they're 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 very. Dude, I would be surprised if if someone who's super serious about arcade collecting doesn't have a Neo Geo, Adam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Adam. <laughs> I just let me sniff a little like Donald Trump right now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll determine the winner after the show. Is there no warrior mightier than I? <laughs> so, hey, um, it's just one of those super ubiquitous arcade cabinets. That's all. That's it's it's actually really cool, and I'm glad you brought it up. And thanks for share, sharing your um your new stuff with us. So I think we should move on and do a little bit of arcade news. It's the arcade news with Dan Reed. Oh wow! That was that was the Galaga eighty eight stuff. Wasn't it, it was the Galaga eighty eight yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Uh, let's see. So some interesting news: uh, the Merlin DX has been released with the Dragon's Lair and Space Ace uh, upgrade on it. Very soon to feature a Dragon's Lair two enhanced version as now, well the merlin dx is a board set that plays these games on or these laser disc games you have to explain what that is oh well merlin so it's essentially a board that replaces the rom board on a dragon's lair um or space ace or whatever and it uh, has the rom sets for each one of those games in other words you have a laser disc player you start it up it asks you if you want to either play Dragon's Lair or Space Ace, and it gives you, you know, different variants of it. You put in the LaserDisc in the LaserDisc player, and away you go. So that way you don't have to have, you know, a Space Ace, a Dragon's Lair, a Cobra Command, a whatever, right? Firefox. Firefox. I was going to say Road Blaster. That's my all-time favorite LaserDisc <laughs> game. You've actually seen a Road Blaster? I forgot about that. There was a prototype game of that, wasn't there? Well, there's a there's an actual game of Road Blaster. I have Road Blasters by Atari. Yeah, it's not LaserDisc. Oh no, that's the Atari game. No, laser, laser there's a LaserDisc game called Road Blaster. It's been it's been ported to every system on Earth at, at some point or another. Hmm. Hmm. It's a very it's very very fun. It's a car game. Your first person car racing. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, so this thing finally came out. I've been waiting for it for a long time, and this coupled with the Dexter board which is created by somebody else entirely um, is a laser disc replacement board. So essentially you can pull the laser disc player out of your cabinet, hook this Merlin DX board up to your dragon's layer board, and then hook it up to the Mer the, uh, I don't know what's it called Dexter. And essentially you can play just about any game you want without a laser disc in it. So that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, it's really cool. So that way you can select between, you know, Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, and not have to worry about having three or four laser disc players on hand or buying a three hundred dollar space ace disc <laughs> or whatever. It's it's pretty cool. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm what else do you, what else is happening then in, in the news? 
Not much else. Um, Fan versus Snake, the movie, is out on You know, I actually watched that the other night. Thoughts? Um, Tim, have you seen Man vs. Snake? I've not. I've seen. I've scrolled past it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's basically today's um, King of Kong, but a little less controversial. If you ask me, a little less yeah. uh, fabricated history. Yeah, exactly. A little less uh, phony. I don't know, like wrestling match between Steve and Billy Mitchell. Sure. Yeah. Although you I gotta agree. admit, the when you first saw King of Kong, it was pretty amazing. It's awesome. It's, it's one of the now reasons. Now the truth, it's like, oh. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's one of the reasons why many of us got more. I don't know. Amped up about collecting. Oh yeah, so, for sure. I, it's. it's, it's <laughs> Steve Weeby actually played my Donkey Kong machine at the Mall of America last year. Which was pretty awesome. <laughs> the Mall of America called me up and said, "Hey, uh, we need a we need a Donkey Kong machine. Uh, do do you have a Donkey Kong machine? We get and I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I carted my Donkey Kong machine down there and set it up, and I had to remove the you know braze kit from it that stored scores, so there was just the virgin boards. And Steve played it for like eight hours." And then he oh, signed them. Wow. Well, go ahead. Which one of us? <laughs> Me, any of you. Okay. Well, I, I I remember when that. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't living in Minnesota at the time. Yeah. Um. But uh, how many? Did they have pretty good turnout for that. There was a big turnout. It was in the the rotunda, and there was a large turnout. Um. It kind of dwindled as he played. Yeah. But was, I, would... I remember at the, when I first heard about it at the time, I was like, oh, man, that it was like the same. I think it was like it happening at the same time as the uh, awesome games done quick uh, stuff was happening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that like you're, you're dividing that audience, man. Like if somebody <laughs> could have just bumped like one day or the other, you know. And then so. New Twin Galaxies was there and they were recording it live and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, um, anyway. What were we talking? About? Oh yeah, yeah. Just so, uh, Man versus Snake. Um, interesting. A game called Nibbler that has Fetish Boy done a Nibbler? Mm, probably. So, Sean Williams is like this awesome uh, restoration dude in Minnesota, and he does he does a number of rock. He's done a, ro- a number of Rockola machines. I don't know if he's done Nibbler or restored Nibbler, so to speak. But um, he. Um, he certainly should if he hasn't. And um, so the whole premise of this is, you know, nobody knows really what this game is about, but there has been a little controversy about who holds the high score. So a lot like King of Kong in that respect. Am I right, Dan? Yeah, exactly. So um, it kind of follows this one guy and his journey to taking the high score. And even though he gets high score, he basically gets taken away in the end anyway. So... Yeah, it was uh, it was strange. It was pretty much the exact same pattern as King of Kong. It reminded me tremendously of King of Kong. Only Billy Mitchell was less of a we, we should say uh, spoilers, jerk, right? Yeah, like spoiler alert. Oh yeah, spoiler alert. Billy Mitchell is less of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> we see we see the softer side of Billy Mitchell yeah. in this movie. In fact, I think he reads a poem. 
A poem? I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Is it about hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there once was a hot sauce from Nantucket. <laughs> so uh, Nintendo has a new console coming out called the Switch. Anyone they heard do. of it? Yeah, I'm still uh, still unsure. I'm actually kind of psyched about it. Yeah, it's it. I want to. It's be. an interesting. It's an interesting paradigm switch to use buzzwords. Yeah. Um, Synergy, passionate, etc. Yeah. etc. So uh, the, the the thing about it is it's it's interesting in the sense that Nintendo's always been, uh, I would say since since the N sixty four, their their bread and butter has always been in the portable market, and they've always they you know they they've not stopped making consoles you know no. and and they really were. Their their home consoles just they never recaptured that Super Nintendo level of success until they got to the Wii. The um, Wii, yeah, it sold like gangbusters. Wii, yeah, Sports I have is one. The number one I have a Wii of all time because of how many of those damn systems they sold. <laughs> um, Dan, do you have but, a Wii? I do, but I got it free, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I'm I'm it's interesting that they've decided to bridge the gap, right? Yeah. They no longer have a portable system and a home console, uh, which divides their development efforts, um, across studios. And now they just have one system and it's one system that's running on very, uh, common hardware that, I mean, it's an arm based system. It's the same platforms that every one of us has in every one of our phones, uh, our set top boxes. So, uh, developing games for it should be pretty straightforward for for third parties. Yeah, I so. uh, I kind of saw this one coming though. The Wii U, I have one of those and I love it. By the way, it's actually pretty good. You console. actually like you that thing? Hand. I do. I love my Wii U. It's it's probably the console that gets the most play still. Really? Yeah. Of, no, of, of really the modern good. day it's, stuff. Yeah. Except you're not going to have a large library to choose from. You know what I mean? You are going to get like five games for that thing, and that's okay. pretty much it. But it's but it's it's quality. Quality yeah, over quantity in that regard. Okay. But uh, yep. I wasn't at all surprised with Nintendo's move here. I could kind of tell that they were planning with the Wii U, with this, you know, the controller that comes with it. I sort of felt like this is what they were trying to achieve with the Wii U. So the Switch looks pretty good. Um, I was reading somewhere today that they said it for sure has a touchscreen, which I didn't think it did. So well, that's yeah, it's nice seven, 720p uh, supports full 10 point uh, in, uh, direct. That's input. awesome. So, well, I'm terribly worried about the price. I, I am not paying 400 bucks for this thing. I don't think it's going to be. You're not going to. I, it's going to be. I'm, I'm, I, you heard it here first. It's going to be 299 yeah. for the regular edition. And then they're going to have a 349 deluxe edition, which is exactly what they did with the Wii U. Yeah. I heard it's really highly customizable. Like people are already trying to figure out ways of what they can do to make this thing cool. Well, I mean, you've already got so so the base system comes with the two uh, Joy-Con controllers that slide off on either side, right? Yeah, and that's slide cool. Onto I like the larger. I kind of like that because you can split them off, right? You can have two people using those controllers, and they actually showed like a scenario where four people with two systems were like interacting. Right, and I, I and I think you know it, relevant to 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 the con you know to to your guys' show. Um, you know, this hopefully will bring back some aspect of, of social gaming, of being yeah. in the same room and having that competitive gaming. Yeah. Because I've, I've always said like when I, you know, I, uh, in the nineties, like in the early nineties playing street fighter two, 
You know, you you would never dare say the horrible <laughs> things that people say to each other online these days because you're going to get butt kicked. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, there is, you know, there is a sense of respect because you were both there and you're playing a game and you're having fun. For sure. And uh, there's a chance this this could maybe bring some of that back a little bit. I, I, I would welcome it. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. I love the social, the social aspect of, of, of arcade collecting is why I think I do it. Um, why I, it becomes like people come over and they play the arcade games for 20, 30 minutes and then we just sit around and talk. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's our generation's version of the hot rod in the garage. Yeah. You know, you come Absolutely. over, you fire it up, you rev the engine a few times and then you <laughs> sit around and drink beer and talk. Sure. Yeah, totally. So along with that, um, there's an NES not as exciting, but the NES Classic Edition is coming out. N- Nintendo's releasing a system with a bunch of Nintendo games on it for like sixty bucks. That looks yeah. just like the old system, but uses an original style controller. Yeah, it's I like a it. Mini, it looks it's good. A miniature version of the system. Yeah, yeah. The, and the those con- controllers are are Wii and Wii U compatible too. Yeah, they have the the Wii and the Wii U interface. They don't have the yep. old Nintendo interface in them anymore. 30 games come in that thing. Yep. And I, I'm, I, I'm saying like, it's going to be three days before somebody gets that thing hacked and figures out how to load ROMs <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. For sure. Yeah. I have three days on the outside, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, any more, any more news you want to share with us, Dan? Uh, negative ghost rider. I don't think there's anything else well interesting done. out there right now. <laughs> Uh, there will be some escape from the planet of the robot monsters art original art, oh. which is much needed coming from rich at this old oh, cool. soon. Excellent. Yes. Yes, indeed. So look forward to that. If you have one of those machines. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to the next subject, which is our guest interview questions for Tim. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, give us a little bit of background on your video game history. Uh, I've been playing them my whole life, honestly. Well, you know, I, I, I came into the world and my parents already had, an, my earliest memories, my parents already had an Atari 20, uh, VCS. Okay. You know, and, and my grandparents also had a VCS, which is really, <laughs> I, I guess that's really weird, I hear. <laughs> like, everyone in my family had an Atari in their house. It was really funky. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, they've shout out to my on. friend, Jason Heiser, whose birthday is it is today. Uh, he just got a like total retro, uh, CRT television and a heavy sixer and like 30 games of Atari VCS games for his birthday. So happy Sweet. birthday, Jason. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. That's a good haul. Yeah. So anyway, but, continuing on. Yeah, no. Yeah. Those, I mean, that's so like, I've just my entire life. Um, you know, it's funny, like I, you know, you, you grow up and you have all the various systems and stuff. And I, and I, you know, it's uh, looking back, I had so many different game consoles and stuff. And then, you know, obviously there was the trips to the arcade whenever we would go to the mall. Uh, cause I, I actually, I grew up in upstate New York. So like you had, it was, you know, it was during whereabouts, you to, uh, do you, I can, do you know where Syracuse is? Yeah, absolutely. About an hour and a half North of that or about oh, an hour okay. North of that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, about 30, 33 miles south of Canada. I was closer to Canada than I was in New York City. <laughs> what was the name That's of the, the town? It to uh, the, the name of the town was is Carthage. It's still there. Excellent. Um, 
<laughs> but, it's uh, still there. No, so I mean, growing up, we, <laughs> I, we had all the you know, we would get various consoles over the years and stuff like that. And then there was always the trip to the arcade in the mall or or the the, the pizza place uptown, or there was a gas station. I very fond memories of going to the uh, convenience store that was across the street from my my childhood friend's house, and we would get uh, like slush puppies, which I don't know if you guys had here in the Midwest. Uh, um, we had Icy's. Which are probably yeah. okay. So it kind of a knockoff of Icy's. Okay. Um, they were yeah different. It, so Icy's are really really fine shaved ice. Uh, slush puppies were like hard chunks of like ice, <laughs> like mini ice cubes. <laughs> um, Impressive. Anyway, so yeah, we'd go there get slush puppies and play Chase HQ, which was like they had the Chase HQ arcade machine there, and we just really enjoyed it. I don't know. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I've just I've been been playing games. And you, you did a little bit of uh, you've done podcasting before, and you've had your own show, yeah, several shows yeah. actually. And yeah. um, didn't you work for uh, some magazine for a while? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, 2005, I started a podcast called The Widget Games Tech and Whatever, and it was literally just my friends and I uh, sitting down and talking about just games and technology and everything else, and. It was about three months into the show. Uh, iTunes had just just come out for Windows and just launched their podcast platform, and we ended up on there. And we were in the top 100. That's we pretty like, cool. Oh, don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got approached. I got a, I got an email from the editor of PC Gamer Magazine, and I actually don't remember the name of the fellow's uh, or publisher at the yeah. time, um, associate publisher. And he's like, hey, I love you guys' show. Uh, we're forming a podcast network. Do you, do you want to? you might be part of that and we're like uh, yeah okay <laughs> and we you know advertising deals and all that fun stuff so we had that and i think the highest we ever climbed we were like number 32 on the itunes 100 so that's pretty high that's pretty amazing actually it's yeah. pretty high right like it's so, like top 40 um, right anyway you had a yeah, hit yeah. like like a bruce yeah, Springsteen we were we were, we were the oingo boingo of our generation <laughs> so oh man <laughs> and then what happened to that a whole thing uh, well, you know, lightning in a bottle that went away, but I, I've got, I've done so many different shows over the years. It's ridiculous. It's cool. been a, it's been a lovely long ride. So, well, we appreciate you being on the show. So what made you decide to work in an arcade in your what early twenties, late teens? So I, you know, <laughs> there's, there's actually, it's interesting, right? So a lot of people were like, I don't know, I had a job and I like video games, <laughs> but so, so with me, what it was, I was working for. Uh, I was working at a video store. Um, and you mean where you could so, rent so, videos? Yeah, VHS <laughs> tapes. Yeah, we were just um, talking about this today. Like, I miss when you could walk into a video store, pick up an, a VHS tape, and read the back of Chud. And, sure, <laughs> you know. And please be kind. Rewind. <laughs> exactly. But well, it's was, a, this is a this was a this was a, a purchase video store, not a rental store. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wait, they had those? Yeah, of course we had those. I didn't. I don't know. Remember, this, was, this, was, this was like the, the mid to late 90s. You well, know? see, I mean, I remember going to Best Buy and you could buy videos, but it, there was actually just like a video, you could buy videos place? Yeah, sure. Yo, in, in New York video, State. There were a ton of them. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did Music they rent? Land, not, I mean, I don't know. All oh. kinds of places sold videos. Okay, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, I, the were, place I worked at was called Saturday Matinee. Okay, and that's what we we sold. We sold VHS, we sold uh, Laserdisc and DVD, beta. And, like just come out. Oh, no, beta was long gone. <laughs> uh, and DVD had like just squeaked out, and we had like a small DVD rack. Okay. Um, and uh, 
like we and we basically we just and we had we had monitors all over the store and like we would just lit- literally like the movie clerks would like randall's working in the video store and just watching whatever he wants on the screens that was us <laughs> and we would just like and it would like the, the people i met there man like the most did you sell laser discs weirdos. we did sell laser discs yeah. awesome uh we had we had uh we had a couple of uh, regulars that would come in and like every new laser disc they would come in and pre-order i was one of those and, regulars Yep. And then uh uh there was like a mournful like we poured some out for our homies like <laughs> sadness when like Titanic the last <laughs> laser disc came out, you know. Um I would not have bought that. <laughs> a lot of uh, dude, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. So um <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, so I worked at the video store and and, I, and the company that owned the video store was Transworld Entertainment. Uh and they were a company based out of New York City. Okay. And uh, they, the mall I worked in had a Saturday matinee, which was the, the video store. And then they had a, oh gosh, what was the name of it? Record Town. Oh. Which was their music store. Okay. And they decided that uh, it was too much money maintaining two different stores. They're going to merge all of the stores together into one store called FYE for your entertainment. Okay. And they still exist today. There's actually, weirdly enough, there's actually one, only one in all of Minnesota, <laughs> and it's in the Burnsville Mall, which is really that figures. Weird. That's like where the um, last Aladdin's castle was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, they were merging them all together, and uh, they they kind of offer all the employees like, yeah, obviously, like you know, your stores are closing. If you want to come work with us, it's fine. You're automatically in, and. Um, they they said like yeah we're gonna we've partnered with this company out of Boston, um called, oh my god why am I drawing a blank in the name, <laughs> Dream Machine. Oh. They don't exist anymore. Okay. Um, yeah they're an arcade operator that doesn't exist anymore. Who knew? Uh yeah they're partnering with this company and they were gonna all of their all their Fye stores or no they were they were still how were they they were still called in Record Town for a little while but anyway they were they were um, <laughs> uh, gonna have an arcade attached to them like separately. Okay. Right, so it's gonna be you're gonna be able to freely walk between the two stores. Was it? Is it the name of the arcade the same? Or? Yeah. Well, so it, it, when it first opened, it was it was Record Town. Okay. Right? And then they had like next to it was the Record Town game room. Oh. And it was in the mall, and they did all new construction for it. So anyway, I I was like, I was like, I don't want to work in a CD store. That sounds like my <laughs> personal hell. I'm like, I want to work in the arcade. I love video games, you know. Awesome. Because we were we were always going to the arcade anyway, because the the mall already had two arcades in it. Do you remember the name of those ones or uh, actually I do not remember the name of the second one. It did not last long, but the first one that had, it was the childhood arcade. I always used to go to had been there my whole life as far back as I could remember was uh, called um, just fun. And okay. I still have some of their damn tokens. I still do. Awesome. Um, I still have tokens for my arcade as well. And uh, yeah, so they, that they were, they were in the mall and then we were opening up our, our thing. I was like, yeah, I want to work there. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, so that's, that's it. That's how I, that's how I started working at the arcade. <laughs> awesome. So walk us through a typical day in the arcade. Oh boy. See, anyway, like we talked about previously, like this is you're, you're, you're reactivating like memories <laughs> that, uh, I may, I may break down and cry a little bit. I just want <laughs> you to know that. Um, so a typical day was, you know, you get there, we, we were in a mall, so, um, we usually, we, you know, we kept mall hours, so we didn't open till 9am on weekdays. Um, what, uh, what year is this Tim? This was, this would have been 1998 at the time. So, so this I, is like, preface, this was at the, this is at the tail end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is where you picked up your affinity for Neo Geo. 
because I do remember oh, seeing no. Neo Geo. That was long before that. Long before that. We actually oh, we did not oh, have yeah. a Neo Geo machine in our arcade. Well, actually, oh, Neo really? Geo kind of came out in the late eighties, didn't it? Nineteen ninety is when it hit. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the last Neo Geo game came out in two thousand four. Okay. Same I showed on five. Um, just random aside there. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So, um, the typical day was we we start we you get in there. Um, we only did collections on the machines once a week because again, late nineties, they didn't make that much damn money. Um, so you get in there and the first order <laughs> of business was kind of go through, flip the games on and make sure everything worked. Right. And not everybody did this cause no one really cared, but I loved it. That was the only part of my day I actually really enjoyed. So I'd get in there. Like I would, I would get to work about a half hour early, flip all the games on and just literally go through and, and play every game. Okay. If it was a fighting game, which a lot of them were, you know, you go and try out each player side to see, you know, make sure they both work. Um, then you just, I had my little sheet. I went down, like, you know, I check everything out. If it came up, a button was broken or like a switch need replacing, do that really quick and make a note of it. So, so we just had a, like a whole, like we, we had like just a whole room of spare parts in the back. Um, nice. so like we just had like a, a, a big, we ever attempted like, to take some of those spare parts. No, oh god, no, no. Are you kidding me? A, a 75 cent button from Haps was not worth losing your job. What plus, the, plus, what would what you put him in at that point? You didn't even have a game, so it's like, okay, this isn't well. Know. No, I had, I, I had by that time, I was building uh, arcade sticks for using oh, my game consoles. Cool, yeah. that's awesome. So, so, um, yeah, yeah okay, so we, we'd kind of talk. So, what was a typical day in the arcade? Um, so yeah, going back to the, the fact we were in a mall, uh, and there was actually a law that, uh, on a weekday, um, before <laughs> 2 PM minors had to be accompanied by an adult, which is um, not on like the mall of America right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds I, of laws I, yeah. preventing from te- teenagers from like just walking around. Yeah. Those random nerdy well kids who want to play video games before <laughs> yeah. school or, or instead of school. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, but we were also like where we were, we were actually relatively close to a very large military base that's still there. Um, so during the day we'd have like random, like a lot of soldiers would come in. And like you'd, you'd see a lot of, a lot of soldiers come in at like 10 o'clock. Cause they're like just getting off of like whatever their shift was. Right. Yeah. And they just want to go, you know, kill some time there. Um, so we'd, we'd have like random stragglers, very quiet days. Um, uh, on so a weekday, you, did usually you open like the around, store? Did you open the store up? Like uh, most times. Yeah. So, so like you have to unlock those gates and like, oh yeah, we had a big drop down gate with a key. Yeah. And did you have to clean the games before or like, did you have to do any prep? Like, yeah, I mean, so generally like, so the, the, the closing crew were technically the ones responsible for cleaning, right? Oh, okay. Um, more often than not, that didn't happen though. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you get to the end of the day, you're just sick of it. You just want to leave, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Count the so we money. Had a, we had a tile. Get out. All tile in the front. Yeah, the money was the most important part. Like if you want to leave the games dirty, fine. <laughs> the money always count the money. Um, so we always had like there was there was tile in the front of the store. So that was like that was number one priority. Like mop that up. Oh. Um, I didn't then we had, had like the mop. crazy like uh, we had like this crazy out of space like outer space like uh, um, uh, carpeting all through the floor or the okay. store. It was like this deep dark blue and it had like planets all over it and stuff. Uh, and it reacted to black lights because we had black lights in there too. Well, that's the sure carpet that all the collectors are looking for their for their arcade rooms, right, Dan? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that is that is that is that the hotness? Just saved a square. <laughs> I could have sold that on eBay. Tim, um, uh, what was your favorite game? 
Oh boy. Um, I don't know. Like favorite game that we had. What was it like I, Tekken and Street Fighter and yeah? Well, you so you remember the late nineties. So so we're dealing with like um, like Tekken three was very very hot. Really? Time. Yeah. Um, like uh, Soul Calibur had just come. Like we uh is oh. in ninety eight. So Soul Calibur had just come out, and that was that saw a ton of play. Um, was that a Japanese only game for the PS one? Or not Soul, Soul, Blade, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur had just yeah. That yeah. was actually a launch game on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Awesome game. Yeah. Um, but no, is that like that I was that was during the time it. where like fighting games, 3D fighting games were really like ruling the roost, right? Fighting games were still the game that you went <laughs> to the arcades to play. And it was like the Tekken series, Soul Calibur, um, the Virtual Fighter games. Uh, and then we also had like uh, all of the kind of Capcom games. So like uh Street Fighter Alpha 3. And well, it would have been Alpha Two at the time. Alpha Three wasn't out yet. Um, and then we had like Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel vs. Street Fighter and, and all and all Teenage those games. Teenage Mutant Turtles, Simpsons. Uh, those were gone by that time. Those were those games were earlier. Those were ninety ninety one. Really? Okay. So yeah, those were those were long gone. Were there any um, classic games like from the early eighties, or was it just like totally barren? No, it was it was that we had no every everything was new. Hmm. everything was was whatever was at the time what was the yeah. latest racing game at the time uh the newest racing game we ever had oh man i want to say it was like cruising world was probably the newest oh, racing that, game. that's actually had. kind of a cool game actually i like yeah. that game that's the one where you we end had, up... we actually made a lot of it. we had a we had a four-player cruising world okay linked oh cool and then we had um we had a sega rally championship which was older that was like 94 95 uh, two player that, um, and then we had, um, <laughs> sorry, in Namco, we had a Namco cyber cycles cabinet. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. No, um, two player side by side, every, you know, each player had about a, I think it was like a 19 inch CRT in front of them and you had a full size, uh, plastic, uh, motorcycle, like a, like a, like a, like a, you know, a, a like a Honda, like a, you know, yeah. I guess you call them a crotch rocket or something like that. Uh, full size that you actually got on and leaned left and right. Yeah. So those Just those have been out for a while though. Because so you had hang on, uh, super hang on. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, hang on, sure. But this was, I mean, this was like, you know, at the time, cutting edge, you know, 640 by 480 3D graphics, like okay. full polygonal 3D graphics. Cool. So we have one of those. All right. So, yeah. Did, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was I was just gonna ask Tim, uh, how come no nostalgia, no um, no desire to collect any of those things? You've never had a cabinet of your own. Well, I I have had cabinets, but I should also point out I have lived all over the United States. <laughs> I move uh, a lot, I, yeah. so I just Understood. yeah, I just don't carry them around. <laughs> I did actually, you know, weirdly enough, one of the arcade machines I had. And this was like in the early 2000s. I bought it off of somebody, friend of a friend who was like, I got this old cocktail. I don't know if you want it. And it was a Star Invaders game, hmm. which hmm. was a Galaga clone. It was like it was like a three in one. You had three different types of gameplay. And like I've, I've looked on K-Love more than a few times. And they, frankly, the game's like there's like no documentation on it, like no screenshots, no nothing. And it makes me wish I would have had all that still. Yeah, um, sometimes those guys like to get that stuff too. Yeah, because it was like it was put out. I remember it was being really weird. Like I was like, ah, it's fun, it's free. Like, yeah, yeah, go on, bring this two play, you know, bring this cocktail cabinet up into my second floor apartment. That's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was P- Potomac Mortgage Company. I remember was the the maker of it, and it always struck me as really Potomac weird. Like, mortgage, mortgage company. company. That's really 
Um, <laughs> so is like part of your well you for know. me like so so well just to so, well I just want to you know to I want to make sure you, to to answer the questions like um I I have nostalgia for them mm-hmm. but I don't want to own a cabinet right like I have a super gun I'm more than happy to like take arcade board and slap it on and play it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, just no no desire to own a cabinet. I think if I did own a cabinet, the only kind of cabinet I would want, I was I I do really 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 want a Japanese candy cabinet. That oh, would yeah. be fantastic. Would be kind of cool. Um, I know a guy. I know you know a guy. I know a guy too. I I <laughs> I know him. Sort of know him. You've actually met him in person though. <laughs> I've only given him a lot of money over the years. That's <laughs> so. Here you go, Tim. Uh, just a little bit of information on your Star Invaders. It is a uh produced by potomac mortgage mortgage company in 1980 yes. and so uh it's so rare it says there are only two of them uh recorded on cloth that's so awesome so weird and i had one and i couldn't tell you where it is any now. screenshots no, nothing it was well it was it was no. uh, it was literally it was dude it was a it was a galaxian clone yeah. that's what it was yeah well, so ever, if, everybody if had some sort of their space invaders is, and, uh, cocktail too. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Um, in your arcade days, were there any sort of shenanigans that went on? <laughs> so this is this is this is the part where I shatter people's illusions about being <laughs> arcade. All right, and that could be like behind the scenes, like bookkeeping, or that could be like people just trying to steal tokens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and. and <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 yeah i know you know these stories <laughs> you're leading me here <laughs> sorry sorry um okay so you gotta remember this this place <laughs> it's it's there it's open to the public yeah uh you know and especially in in a, in a in a shopping mall back in the heyday of the shopping mall you know where there was a ground round right around the corner where people would go and get drunk and then come into our arcade uh um, oh that's not good route ground round does that does that date no just drunken arcades is generally not a yeah. good mix it's bad stuff yeah uh yeah there is definitely shenanigans that had gotten up to um one of you know so so we used to we used to we'd get kids in there um i remember one day you know every day just kind of sucked a little bit after a while um and uh this mother like walked up to i walked up to me i'm just standing there minding my own business the place is full of kids. It's a, it's a weekend. It's like first thing Saturday morning. And this woman walks up to me and she goes, my kid had an accident in the front of the store. And I'm thinking like, well, what did he like slip or something? She's like, uh, no, he, uh, he pulled his pants down and, and went all over your game there, the ticket game in the front. And, uh, because it was, we had a lot of redemption games, right? Cause like that was, that was like the guaranteed moneymaker. Anything that spit out tickets pretty much brought in money. And, uh, this kid, um, I, God, I couldn't even tell you how old he was. He, um, he, yeah, he just like straight went to the bathroom right at the machine and it uh, just got everywhere inside. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. That wasn't even, I, That's I, I, awful. I, I was just, I was flabbergasted. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like, what am I going to do with this? And I was the only one working. So I had to clean it up. You know, that is and, this, and the mother and her kid like took off. Didn't even say, sorry, they were gone. You know, so meanwhile, I've got like this. Oh God, what was it? It was a t- it was it was a ticket redemption game, and it was like an alleyway game, and it was pink, and it had a had a wheel in the back, and you shot the token down well, the quarter. You shot the quarter down the back, and then like you hit on the wheel, and then it spit out tickets. Anyway, this kid peed inside of it, filled the thing with urine. I don't. 
<laughs> it must have, the guy must have been like a 45 year old man from how much urine oh was there. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, the ticket, the roll of tickets was soaked. It was all through the coin box, oh. everywhere. So the only thing that saved that game was is that it was the uh, the power supply and the board and all the electronics were actually uh, mounted on the back of the machine. There was actually nothing in the machine. The machine was only large because it, it you know it had to have the alleyway. Oh. So thankfully, the only thing the only thing that got hit was that. That sounds awful. Yeah. It so was, uh, beyond like people actually. Did you see? I have a lot of bathroom stories. I have a lot of I have a lot of people like defecation uh, doing doing uh, bodily functions. <laughs> there was one story in Clove not that long ago about someone actually like taking a dump in the ball pit. We didn't. Well, we didn't have a ball pit, <laughs> which would be what? gross. But we did. We did find a. Uh, I would not human, want to be the guy to clean that up. Excrement on the floor. Are you kidding me? Wait, nope. We did find oh my excrement. God. There was uh, we had an arcade game as a two-player light gun game called Police Trainer, and that was actually a really fun game. <laughs> Police uh, pooper. And, and we're I, my my friend, and I remember uh, Brian was oh, the name oh my of gosh, Paul, and he was um, he was working, and he walked up to me just like ghost white face, and he's like, like there is there is bleep in front of in front of the policeman trainer machine, and I think he'd worked there for like three weeks, and I'm like what, and he's like yeah, there's. It's fresh. Oh God. And like what? And we went over there, and sure enough, someone—we don't even know how. We're like, "How did this happen?" Oh my God! Like we kept trying, like, and we—it was—I mean, it was disgusting. But we were trying to theorize, like, how does that? Like, it was in the wide open space. Well, like, first of all, somebody, how, how do you get your pants down without nobody noticing and squatting in the middle of the room? The, the exact conversation we were having. We were thinking <laughs> the only thing we could come up with is they were having so much fun at the game. <laughs> They just kind of, kind of squirted it, shook their leg, and let it roll down. Oh my god! That was that was that was pretty bad. Oh, so. And then there was the cocaine deals inside the Jurassic Park machine. The the cocaine deals inside the Jurassic Park machine. Yep. So we we had a, and again, shattering (laughs) illusions, kids. That's what I'm here to do. Um, Dan, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Dan. What yeah. game was big enough that you could have a cocaine deal with in, say, 1983? Hmm. Maybe a, uh, oh, Discs of Tron. That'd be an upright. So you'd, you'd be like, either you'd be. No, just, there's, a, there's a Disc of Tron you can get inside of and have a. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was oh, environment, yeah. Uh, the environmental cat, right? So yeah. EDOT. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the thing could like only hold like two people standing up. Were there well, curtains? Well, there are no Maybe. curtains. Like, hey, Dan, you want to buy some cocaine? I don't know about you, Adam, but uh, I've never been in an arcade that's had more than, like, um, four lights in the whole joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing to point out. We were brightly lit. Oh, really? Like, we were. Oh, yeah. We were neon. So um, was that a thing in the late 90s where they just. That was, that was a safety thing. Okay. That was that was to try and get away from the whole like only crazy drug dealers hang out in the arcade. <laughs> Even though crazy no, drug dealers still didn't work, yeah. Hung out in the arcade. So But no, we had a we had a we had a sit down uh Jurassic Park Lost World arcade cabinet from That Sega, was like the one up. where you could sit side by side? Yep, side by side. You had a you had a fifty inch projection screen in front of you. Like a bench your, seat. Your front projection. Yep. Bench seat, curtains that drew, oh, nice. uh, and super dark tinted uh <laughs> uh plastic in the back. I would have so just went in there to make game. out. I'm sure someone did at some point, but uh, yeah, no, we found out that that 
you know, the cops came in and they were, they were people dealing, dealing drugs inside that machine. Like funny. There were, they were like actually going there and do the exchange. And that was, <laughs> that was fun. God. Oh my gosh. So you had a bust in your own arcade. Yep. Had a bust. And that was that my, you know, weirdly enough, that was not my first uh, illicit activity bust in an arcade uh, that I was inadvertently involved in. Weird, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> This uh, this is way back, right? So this is like 1993. I was in Myrtle Beach, and uh, there was uh, down there. Most of the arcades that were on the beach were uh, they were underneath the buildings that were like just off the boardwalk and not too far away from the actual like you know uh, shoreline. And uh, there were all these like giant out like they were they were technically outdoor arcades, but they were they were op- they were just open to the elements and they were under the buildings. Anyway, my friend and I we were hanging out in one, and I can't remember what game had just come out and we were playing. I think it was like Virtua Fighter two or something um and there was like a prostitute bust <laughs> well, we what uh, uh, very weird what yeah a bus yeah and they they, they how they did you know they were up. prostitutes they closed, they closed the gates down uh they were checking ids of people dan, as they left dan and is laughing we... no i i just want to know the address please <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was funky funky Bunkey. I just, I yeah, I guess like that maybe maybe that answers Dan's question of like why I have no nostalgia for it. Arcades and my memories are so intertwined with just horrible things. <laughs> oh my god! So what? How? What was the ratio of pinball machines to arcades back then? We had three pinball machines. Okay, that's how many they didn't I have. Change very often because they were they were a pain in the butt. Oh, um, which ones? We had. Well, let's see. Um. The, the mainstay, the guy we always had, because everyone always put money in it, was Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, I kind of like that. Yep. And I was sad because I, uh, um, our actual creature statue, the or well, not the statue, the, uh, it was, there's the hologram in the play field. Yep. Right. Um, our motor for that broke, the oh. one that like makes it swing back and forth. And, uh, so wait, they, sad. I couldn't, I couldn't get our, uh, our manager to, uh, why well, should the manager, I couldn't get the district manager to give us the money to fix it. Cause the motor was like, I can't remember how much it was, but they didn't want to pay to fix it. <laughs> so nice. Our, 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 our creature didn't move. So, but that was a fun one. We also had a, a whirlwind. Oh, uh, oh that's yeah. That's we actually playing. kind of a sought after game. Yeah. We had that Star Trek, the next generation pinball. That thing is freaking annoying. Data East, right? Yeah, that, that, that. No, no, that was that was uh, that was Bally Midway. Was it? Uh, yeah. Yep. Huh. The 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 regular Star Trek, not Next Generation. That one, I think. Oh, 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 but, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that thing broke down constantly. Hmm. Um, because it had the two shooters in the front that were like rotated. Wait, so this was like, Star Trek, the original pinball, the Next Generation pinball machine. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what year it came out, but it was it was pretty beat up when we got it. So. 90. Three. Um, but thankfully, we had a, we had myself, and then we had a senior technician that that came in like once a week to fix stuff that I couldn't handle fixing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he 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 loved pinball as much as I did. So like our pinball machines, like we would get them in pretty rough shape because they were kind of like you know, all of our games were on a circuit, right? Like they'd they oh, yeah. you know, we'd get these games in, and then we'd swap these games out. Um, so whenever we got a pinball machine, and a lot of times they were really rough and we would do our best to like polish the play fields. Did, up did you ever it. find people like actually abusing the machine, like, like totally punching it or the pinball machines? Oh, totally. Yeah. Pinball machines, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. People just beat the crap out of those things. Wise, and then, so and then it tilts and they're like, the machine broke Give me my quarterback. And it's like, yeah, no, that's uh, not. Yeah. That was a question I was going to ask you too. Like how many times did you have people like trying to 
Well, my machine took my token. Oh, constantly, constantly. Well, and we were by that time we were on those those solid black plastic mechs, and I you know the name of them. I yeah, know. I'm an X, right? Yeah, yep. They're uh, black so with a little red logo. I M O N E X. Zero moving parts in those things. Yep. Um, most of the games had converted over that. There were still a couple of mechanical weighted ones mm-hmm. um, in like some of the redemption machines, the older redemption machines. Yeah. Uh, by and large, it was those it was those black mechs, and we'd constantly get people saying like, "Yeah." It was always the funniest when it happened at the like early in the day. Yeah. And someone someone would pick like. They'd, they'd go and play like we we had a we had one of the sit down uh, original Sega Outrun cabinets 1986 and it actually had the motorized car that swung back and forth. Oh yeah, you know, it had the screen attached to the car. We actually had one of those. No one ever played the darn thing. It took up <laughs> a ton of floor space. Um, <laughs> and and I love the one that people would be like, I put a quarter and nothing happened. And then you go to check it and they're like, there's literally no money in the machine. You know, there's nothing stuck in it. And you're like, no, there's nothing. No, you did not put money in this machine. So. <laughs> You'd have called. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. You very guarded with that, man. People like they would try and rip you off. Just, I mean, something as simple as a quarter, they try and rip you off. So it's kind of interesting. You like you had a lot of, a lot, a lot of memories working the arcade. Yeah. Did you play I, music? I could not wait when I quit the job. I was, <laughs> I was so burned out on arcades. Yeah. So. And like, I'm never playing an arcade game again, or at least not working in one. No, not working. Well, by that time, by the time I left, like I think it that that place went another year. Um, when I worked there, the arcade, the Just Fun arcade that had been there my whole life, that shut down, and uh, two of the people that worked there came came on to my staff because by the time by the time I left, I was running the joint, um, and uh, yeah, I hired them on, <laughs> so we were the only arcade around. And then about a about a year after, a year and a half after I left, the place shuttered completely. Oh, so. That's sad. So, <laughs> Gro- Grover was that Grover? It was Grover. <laughs> yep, that was Grover. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> go ahead. Go. <laughs> you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy in arcades, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Arcade games, super fun. Working in one, yeah. At least during the time I did, not so much. <laughs> so, but. Okay, so that's that's awesome. So if you, you know, you don't regret it though, right? This is one thing you had to do and no, you can talk about job. it. And I, I, you know, some of the friends I made there, I, I'm still friends with to this yeah. day. That's you know? cool. It was fun. It was, it, it, it was what it was. It's, it, you know, you have those jobs where at the time you're like, oh, this job sucks. I can't wait till I never have to do this again. But now you look back at it and it's like the simplicity of it all. Yeah. You know, what were you there to do? You were, you were there to make sure people put quarters in games and clean up stuff. You yeah. Know? And that, that didn't change it. for many years, even through, you know, like the seventies and the gold age, whatever that was, that was the whole thing. So, and yeah. people went there to socialize, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, largely, yeah, we were, we were still kind of a hangout because again, that was kind of when malls were still a thing, right? Cause yeah. I mean, malls, even malls themselves are, are, are dying yeah. thing these days. Kids just don't go to malls. And, um, yeah, we would still get the people like you'd have your your you know Monday through Thursday pretty dead. Friday night super busy. Saturday insanely busy all day every day. Um and then Sunday was kind of hit or miss, you know, depending. Yeah. Um and you know, especially during the holidays. The holidays were crazy cuz you you know, the holiday shopping, everyone was there. This is I mean this is before Amazon, this is before anybody did online. Before online Black shopping. Friday. 
Yeah. Well, no, Black Friday was still very much a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the funny, you know, the funny thing is, so like, uh, I worked in the arcade, and like, uh, we, you know, so when when the the video and music store would open up at like six a.m. on Black Friday, we didn't bother. We're like, we're arcade. Who's gonna? No one's gonna come in there. So we didn't have to get there till like nine o'clock. It was great. Nine is still they, early. Who in the hell is in an arcade at nine a.m.? We we opened at nine every day. That's when <sighs> the mall opened. But it was quiet. I mean, I just, I sat there and I, you know, I'd, I'd be lucky to get I'd my go. parents to say, Hey, um, can you bring me to the arcade like around noon? <laughs> no, I'd, I'd go to the arcade. I get a, I get a bagel and I get a Mountain Dew. Cause you know, I was 20. That's what I ate. And, uh, <laughs> bagel and I, and a Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yep. And, uh, I just hang, you know, hang out for the first. They didn't have live wire then, did they? No, long before live wire. <laughs> We were still coming off Crystal Pepsi, man. You know, you gotta. So. Oh, Crystal, Crystal Meth. Oh no, I mean Pepsi. Yeah. So, Dan, any more questions for our esteemed guest? Uh, nothing I can think of. It's covered pretty Appreciate much everything. Pretty good. Well, we could talk about we could talk about the actual process of scraping the money out of the games. What that was like. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Let's do that. Let's 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 close on that one. So, what what was uh, it like actually? So, uh, I'm gonna have a guest in a couple of episodes that worked in the the you know the bowels of arcades in the in the heyday of the golden age in the 80s and he was talking about emptying like miss pac-man twice a night oh yeah yeah we never did that (laughs) (laughs) we we would uh we would we would empty the games the the games got emptied um once a week and it was always on uh sunday mornings because the mall opened once a week You didn't worry about them yep. like overflowing. That was not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not a problem. Um, yeah, we uh, so once a week. So it was Saturday mo- or Sunday mornings because the mall didn't actually open till ten or eleven on Sundays. Uh, I was late anyway. So we would get there at eight o'clock on Sundays, and what you do is every machine uh, had a zipper bag uh, okay. that had a piece of duct tape with the name of the game written on it. And you just go around and you throw the bag down in front of the machine. And they usually had two or three people help me. Um, And everybody would just dump the contents of the coin bucket into the machine or into the bag. Uh, And then you take the bag out back and you had a giant quarter counting machine. And uh, and the thing is, we we use quarters, but we also had tokens. The machines would function on tokens. So if we had birthday parties where people could come in and pay, you know, X number of dollars an hour, uh, per person and they got like a bag like a technically unlimited tokens right so but we just kept giving tokens um so the tokens would separate from the quarters naturally you know and uh that way it didn't screw up our counts and then what we do is like you know you'd say okay okay well the cruising usa had you know uh 400 quarters in it or whatever and that was it um and then you just kind of keep track of your numbers that way and that was it, you know, and then you make giant bags of quarters. I remember, what was it? Like, I think they were, we did hundred dollar bags and then, uh, we had a big safe in the back. We chucked those in there and, and that was that, but yeah, we never had a game fill up. That was not a thing by the time. Like, I mean, I just, arcades just weren't, they weren't pop. They weren't that popular by then. I mean, by then, by that time you'd, you'd go to the arcade and you would play Tekken three. Uh, and it would be hot for a week because then the week after it was out on the PlayStation and it was arcade perfect, you know? Oh so. yeah. What, uh, what was your average haul? Do you remember? Was it, uh, three, 400 bucks a week or what? Uh, I, I think it's probably, probably more than that. Otherwise none of us would have had jobs. 
Um, I don't remember, honestly. It was a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Well, um, I think that could kind of, I don't know. Do you have any more questions for our our guest, Mr. Dan Reed? Negative Ghost Rider. Well, cool. I really appreciate you being on the show, Tim. Yeah, man. I'm glad. I'm glad this was, you know, <laughs> some. I'm glad I got to tell these stories to somebody who might, you know, someone might out there might care. Who knows? Yeah, it's great. Um, but so everybody, this is the premiere episode of Arcade Radio. Thanks for listening in. If you want to email us, email us at react at arcaderadio.com, and that's r c a d e radio.com. Uh, call and leave us comments and questions on the game line. That's 612-548-GAME or 612-548-4263. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcade Radio, and Twitter at Arcade Radio. Um, if you're listening live, you've already got the YouTube URL, and coming soon we'll be streaming on iTunes. So thanks for listening in, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening in. <laughs>